just a bunch of witty banter. Good guy, Papa. Hey, I'll equip, you'll have equip, we'll both have equip. What's up, guys? You're listening to Witty Banter, episode number 32. I'm your host, Chase Williams, and to my right is the man with all the muscles, Hunter Dorsett. Ah, just getting swole over here. How man. you feeling, Hunter? How you doing today? I'm doing great. Today is October 17th. We it's another are, Friday. Uh, it's another beautiful day out in Austin, Texas. Um, we just came back from a really cool little store uh, yep. called Witchcraft. Yep. And um, witch is like witch kind of witch, you know. And then craft being beer. So we actually put a little sticker on our refrigerator. Basically, if you want to know about witchcraft, it's pretty much a beer lover's paradise. Right. We described it as like a beer library. That was unpretentious. That wasn't pretentious. It's not like beer snobs coming in there and be like, <laughs> this is not exactly what I was looking for. Dude, and they do that little mystery six pack. Yeah, and then they also have like price saving things. Like if they have something on the shelf for a while, they'll kind of like reduce the price to try and get rid of it and find the beers at home. Exactly. It's really, it's really, it's really nice cool. Uh, we talked system. to this dude named Jody Rays, and he's like one of the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable guys I've met on beer so far. Always has been helping us out these last couple times buying beer. Um, so why do we care about buying beer? Well, that's because we review one every episode. Every time? And this episode, we're going to still fall in line with our pumpkin theme. Oh, yeah. Being the it's month still of, October. Being the month of October, it's pumpkin beer time for us. Can't deny it. Now, the last two beers we've had, we had Wick for Brains. Yes. Gave that a 7. You gave it a 6.5. Correct. Then we had the Southern Tier Pumpkin, mm-hmm. and we loved it. Gave that one a 9.0. Yes, a 9. Straight so, up. So... This beer's got a lot to live up to. It does, yeah. We've had... Uh, well, what are we drinking? Go ahead and tell them. So we, we went ahead and purchased a beer from Harpoon Brewery, and it is called the Imperial Pumpkin. It's our second... Last year was also an... Or last week was also an Imperial Pumpkin Ale, and this is also going to be an Imperial Pumpkin Ale. It is 10.5% alcohol by volume, so it is pretty high. Chase, you just took your first ship. What are you? Uh, what are you tasting, bro? Well, first of all, I was a little. I didn't realize that we had bought a stout. I guess I should have read the bottle. Oh, it's a stout. <laughs> yeah, it's a stout. So, which is why the color. That's it, awesome. Though. It's a deep, just rich black with like a hint of maybe like ruby. Yeah, it's, it's you, uh, you can't see, see through, through it, it at all like whatsoever. It's got a kind of a darker uh, head. Yep, a little, a little bit more brownie. And then now on the smell, I I definitely got some. I got pumpkin in it, but I also kind of got like a dried fruit. Yeah, it's like a sweetness, like outside of just pumpkin spices. Like if you thought, if you got like a big old handful of apricots and smelled them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a house freshener. And then (laughs) the taste kind of surprised me. Okay, I haven't tasted yet. It wasn't really, the taste seemed upbeat to me. Mm -hmm. That's not like a, a flavor thing, but... Like it's movement. It has some movement. I think in there's the taste. like I think there's co- like a coffee in there. Even yeah, there's definitely like even it chocolate up on you. Like you, yeah. I don't know. I think yeah, it's chocolate, dude. I think there's some chocolate in you there. You like take a sip and initially you're like okay, and then it's like, mm, like yeah. The real, the real uh, gusto of the flavor comes in like half a second after you've already tasted it, kind of. And you can tell that this thing's got a lot of alcohol because it's almost warming my throat. Yes. It's good. I it's, mean, It's got body, for sure. The pumpkin, 
I feel isn't there as much as some of the other things. I agree. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I wouldn't even if you hadn't told me this was a pumpkin beer, I wouldn't have said it was a pumpkin beer. Yeah. So so far, the only trace of pumpkin I've got is in the the nose. But as far as the taste goes, I am getting even like some spice, like almost like a ginger. Like gingerbread. I yeah, I can't really speak to the specific spice, but I agree that there is definitely something that kind of like makes it a lot more of a movement in the taste, you know, instead of just kind of like a straightforward, you know. I understand it's this like is kind of just like slope. yeah, it's like <laughs> I think yeah. So I guess there's a lot going on in this one. Yeah, and I agree. Um, as it warms up, we'll go ahead and see where it takes us. But first impression, I am intrigued. Definitely too. You know? uh, we'll stave off, yeah, we'll stave off until halftime, but uh, yeah, we're, we have something to work with right now. Exactly. Okay, well, now that we've got that old business out of the way, oh, yeah? are you, uh, you ready to jump right into to news time? Have I ever not been ready, Chase? I guess you're right, you know? <laughs> I should not even ask that question anymore. <laughs> no, I like you asking. You should be you asking already, me. You already know the answer. You know? Okay, I'm yeah, always, I guess you're right. I'm always dive ready. Well, in that case, this is Woody Banter. <laughs> All right, man. Would you like to go first and take it away? I'd like you to take it. It's my turn this time? Oh, yeah. All right, man. Well, a major blow to cable providers was dealt this week, man. HBO will be launching a standalone streaming service in 2015. Ooh, I heard about something like this. So now uh, you can get the channel without having a cable or satellite subscription. Which, dude, I feel like everyone and their mother has been wanting this forever. And I'm glad that whatever business nonsense probably had to go down with HBO has finally happened Mm -hmm. and it's coming. And they're talking about like HBO as a channel, right? Not necessarily just a service. It's like, because you can get HBO Go without cable, right? You, no, 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 because you have to, you have to buy HBO through cable and then, and then your, then once you've bought it, that grants you HBO HBO Go. Go. So now you can just have HBO Go. Okay. I kind of thought that you could just like have like an Xbox and go into the marketplace and like sign up for HBO Go mm-hmm. and pay a premium or something. But yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's what that's exactly what this is. Yeah, that'll be great. Now, that gives you access to like literally their entire catalog of shows. Right. I mean, from Game of Thrones to The Sopranos to Rome to anything you've ever seen on HBO. Mm-hmm. True now, Detective. My biggest question with this, the little moment of speculation that we can have okay. is what do you think the price will be? Yeah, I was just thinking like they can charge a high markup. And now I think uh, Netflix has reached the realm of like eleven dollars a month. Really? So going they pushed it up that much since the original. I Damn. believe so. So going off of that, would one? Do you think it'll be a yearly price? Do you think it'll be a monthly price? And what do you think the price will be after you've answered that? Understanding how people like to give customizable options to people and not have people get uh, stuck into a contract or a deal. Uh, without really knowing what that means, I think that they'll provide a, a range of options. I don't think that they'll be like, yeah, but dude, this is only also pro- HBO. Yeah, I but like I don't people... think that they're ever gonna make people sign up for like a year long deal or nothing. Like, I think that they'll be able to do like a monthly thing okay. if they want, like a probably like a biannual, maybe an annual. So if it's monthly, how much do you think it'll be a month? And in comparison to Netflix. Yeah, I think that's just a good place to have like a barometer. Right. I mean, you know? th- that's that is a benchmark for for currently outside of cable, you know, uh, services. I don't so, know what like Hulu and stuff is either, but I anyway, would, yeah, it's got to be comparable. I'm thinking that since since HBO, its its library isn't as vast. As Netflix, as, as Netflix. Okay, but it's I'd say the quality is so I'm almost, leaps I'm, and bounds more. I agree. So I'm trying to think of like the value for your money 
you know, if they think that it's more or less than what Netflix is providing, because I would agree that, yeah, the, the quality of the shows they're showing is higher, but Netflix can, can serve so many more people, you know, and, and that's such a big part of the valuation for, per month. I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to go above mm-hmm. Netflix, but I don't yeah, absolutely. think, I don't, I think they have to be competitive with it. I, I don't think that they can just blow them out of the water and be like $20 a month. I think it's going to be 20 people. dude. I think it'll be, I think it's nineteen ninety nine. dollars 99 is what I'm going to say. Okay. A month. Now, if it was nineteen ninety nine, that's basically two hundred and forty bucks a year. Now, I wish we should have pulled this up. I don't know how much it costs just to have HBO on top of your cable subscription. Mm-hmm. That would be a good jumping off point. But I, uh, uh, I can I can see nineteen ninety nine a month happening. But I think it would be even like I would be super stoked, and I think it would be more of like a competitive jolt to make it like fourteen ninety nine or right. something and, like and that. That's that's what I think. I think. I think HBO knows that they have a niche. They have like a very dominant niche in the marketplace. And so they can kind of take advantage of that. But I think what they're doing is they're going to be able to provide their service to a lot more people. And, and, and so to be able to kind of counteract that uh, offering with what Netflix does, which is they, they do reach a lot of people, they're going to have to be price competitive with them, in my opinion. And I think that they'll acknowledge their, their higher quality and better value with a higher price, but I think it'll be close. I, I don't think that they're going to try and just double Netflix's price Have and like, just expect people to be like, well, screw Netflix, yeah, yeah, screw this. Just you know? go out with bravado, basically. And imagine, like, if, you know, if, even if they did do, like, a $20 a month start, but then if you signed up for a year, you only you only paid 150 you know? Okay. $90 yeah. off the okay. year. Okay, I you know? see what you're saying. So uh, I think that they have a, a variety of options that they could do, but, I mean, I, I like going on the kind of monthly-to-monthly basis. I think that they will upcharge a little bit from Netflix, but I think that they will try and keep it close so they can be price competitive and not just, like, not be able to uh, attain those kind of lower-end or uh, less, you know, rich customers. Rock and roll. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we'll see how it works out. All right, so is, is the horn being brought my way? It's your turn. All right, so I'm going to take it. Um, the thing that I was going to talk about today was actually about um, the upcoming Flash that was supposed to be scheduled in 2018. There is a Flash show that's on CW right now mm-hmm. and it's being played by somebody called um, Garrett Gustin or something Yeah, and they actually didn't put this guy in the same role as the Flash movie that Warner Brothers is going to be producing in 2018. They have a guy named Ezra Miller who's cast as that. So that's like a little interesting like um, divide between the like ideology of you know DC's universe that they're setting up and also, um, what I was going to bring to the table is that there's also supposed to be a Aquaman movie. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, by this you guy know who's named like playing him? Momoa or something. The guy who played Cal Drago. Oh my! Is God. playing Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah. I always thought Aquaman was like a uh, like a blonde-haired kind of like quarterback kind of. That's guy. why I think it's so much. I th- I look at Cal Drago and I'm like, I like that version of Aquaman already. <laughs> I think he looks. Ballin'. Yeah, and, and my overall news topic was kind of just like that DC is really starting to have a lot of things in the works. Well, they released their upcoming movie schedule all the way up into 2020. Right, so they have a lot of things coming up on the table. They have a, you know, they have the um, Batman versus Superman movie coming up. 
But then they, I think they also are scheduling a Justice League movie here. in got, 20, 2017, I, right? I got the whole list right here. Do it to it, man. Batman vs. Superman. Suicide Squad, which is just like another group of heroes. Is that the one that The Rock is in? Or? No, he's Fantastic Four. Okay. Uh, Wonder Woman. Justice League, The Flash, Aquaman, Shazam, Justice League Part Shazam 2. Shazam is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Rock Dwayne Johnson. Oh, yeah. He's going to be He's going to be Shazam. Black Adam or something? Yeah, the villain. Yeah. And then you've got Cyborg and then Green Lantern. Which, presumably, Green Lantern won't be Ryan Reynolds. Hopefully. Yeah, please reboot that. <laughs> Jeez. But, yeah, like, I think... Uh, so, clearly, they're trying to up their game. So right. So, what, what do you think is going to happen with, with DC? I mean, and to me, it's it's... It's them playing on Marvel's terms. Right. It's, it's kind of being a fast follower of what Mar- Marvel's doing. So how do you think that's going to play out with them? And do you think little um, continuation blocks like having The Flash not be the guy from the TV show are going to matter, or will they matter? I think that... I think people want to say that they have loyalty to actors playing certain roles, but in the end, people really don't. Yeah. It's more about the movie itself and how it was played in the movie. Um, right now, outside of the Batman legacy, what, what are some other DC movies that made any sort of impact on the marketplace? I mean, I liked Man of Steel a whole lot. Oh, okay, yeah, that was also another one. Man of Steel's great. But those are all Christopher, under Christopher Nolan's thumb, right? I mean... No, uh, Man of Steel was Zack Schneider. Yeah, but it was produced by Christopher Nolan. Yeah, but... I don't producers have a lot of say in the freaking movie dude. as far as like giving people money and okay well I don't want you to do that I so want this that, I right? want that I want it to look like this and sound like this great point I don't and I don't know how f- much further Christopher Nolan is going to be carried into these other ones that's but, and that's what I'm kind of wondering is like I feel like so much of the value creation has come from Christopher Nolan's like vision of these different things and you kind of wonder how how far in the ride he's willing to go I think it's good though and even if he can't go far I just hope his legacy stays there right? because if anything I don't want with like Suicide Squad and Justice League I don't want DC being like okay well we've got they have Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers we need to have our versions of that obscure little I want you to be different because the so far the different that I've seen is in my opinion a better different I know right and and Batman and Superman in my opinion were so much more high quality or Man of Steel were so much more high quality than so many other Marvel movies that just kind of like that were even blockbusters. That went you through know? just the meat grinder of yeah. movies. And, and they made a lot of money and a lot of people saw them, but they weren't as good of a, a artistic and, and just creative product, in my opinion. Right. Now, did you see Guardians of the Galaxy? I did not. Great movie. Okay. I will give them that. That's been my favorite Marvel movie so far. And it's so obscure. I, I can't believe that they made such an obscure comic and, and reference such a big, phenomenal thing. And it paid off for them. And I've, I have to... I got to tip my hat... To that, you know, and so, but with DC, I mean, you wonder if if they're trying to up their production schedule and be able to, you know, pump out these movies the same way Marvel is doing in hopes of just generating more revenue. And if that is if that's the main game plan, how can they uphold the quality that they've recently established? Well, I guarantee you that revenue is definitely the main game plan. Of course, yeah, in any business. But. Now, how they go about it, I, it's just like I want to I want to get to Batman versus Superman so bad because I feel like that's going to be it's a benchmark, a huge telling of the direction. But the thing is, is with all these other movies, Zack Snyder is only directing like three of them, and mm-hmm. I am a big fan of Zack Snyder, and it's a big reason why I've li- I even like Man of Steel. But if his mark isn't going to be on the majority of these films. I do want to, like, you know, it's just another, I, who knows how it's going to end up. Mm-hmm. You saw the Avengers, right? Yeah. 
did you see a lot of the movies that were leading up to the I Avengers? As far as like, you know, plots interacting with each other, like Iron Man coming into the Hulk and being like, yeah, we got to keep him under control and stuff, you know? Um, do you think, I just want to give a blanket kind of um, <laughs> estimation for you here. Okay. When they come out with a Justice League and there's Aquaman and Flash and Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman in it, do you think that that will be more or less rowdy and entertaining than the Avengers was when it first hit the theaters? I don't know, dude, because I think the Hulk is badass. I think Iron Man is super, super kick-ass. And I think Thor is like the mother load of badass. Mm-hmm. Now... Superman's pretty damn cool, and I think Wonder Woman's pretty kick-ass as well, (laughs) but Green Lantern, don't care. Flash, don't care. Even though I know the Flash has a pretty big cult following in comic books, but like, they're going to have to get me their strength. They can't hinge their their bets on just the cool characters. It's got to be everything else. Yeah, production. I honestly think that I will probably like Justice League a little more than I will like the Avengers. I guess we'll see. I mean, did you not like the Avengers? No, I love the Avengers. And I thought, like, one of my favorite parts was the Hulk. You know, I love the Hulk and the Avengers uh, because it just seemed a lot more like of a realistic take on it. Did you, well, did you like the actor who played him or you just... More so just like the Hulk's role in it. It wasn't, you know, like, because we've seen so many Hulk flops as far as movies goes. So it was nice to kind of see him just be like a rowdy awesome side character mm-hmm. and then like nothing more you know? yeah <laughs> like not have to deal with any stupid plot things that you're like this is dumb you know i don't want to see br- you know whatever it is and plus it. we have to remember that robert downey jr will not be playing iron man anymore so we'll see yeah, how that affects a, that'll be a big affects big token for sure all right on to you good on sir to me so after my small falling out with destiny i've been curious about how large its, its success has been and uh, we finally have some statistics now to tell us the game averages 3.2 million players per day since its launch. Ooh. The average Destiny player plays 1.8 times a day, and the average playtime clocks in around three hours per day, even on weekdays. Ooh. That's insane. That's a hundredth of the company, or of, the, uh, of America, you know? It's nuts, That's dude. like one out of every hundred people in America is like, yep, I played Destiny today. That's Th- huge. And for three hours at, at a time? On, on average? Yeah, that's so pretty then we intense. Have a, we have a quote from one of Bungie's blog posts that says, over the past three weeks, we've had more players online in Destiny than we did during the same span for Halo 3 and Halo Reach combined. What? And... What do you think... Okay, so do you think that this is because... Like, give me the factors that you think might lead up to this this awesome revelation as far as Destiny being this awesome, you know, output. It's just, it's adopted that MMO model that just allows you to play it and play it and play it over and over again, constantly pushing and grinding for gear that's going to make you better. Um, compound that with a really cool aesthetic, a really cool art style. It's like Halo where you can continue to get better. Kind of like In with, a sense. With, like, your character and... and and, and it's the community where you can play strike missions with your friends and you've got the raid, which is like a huge deal and people are already beating it in like 30 minutes. And it, it's just nuts to me that it's... I don't know if it was the hype building up to it that they did such a good job marketing and building people's anticipation coupled with the fact that the game actually has legs. I think it's more product-based, dude. You think just the... Yeah, I mean, the overall I, greatness I, of it. I think it? they had a great... Uh, promotion scheme, especially with like the live action trailer and stuff. But 
I feel like the the initial pop for Destiny wasn't really what got it to where it is now. I feel mm-hmm. like it was the word of mouth from people that are playing it and being like, no, dude, this is like what I do now. Yeah, <laughs> And now seriously. it's like really starting to catch on and, and not go away. And I just see Destiny as a platform. Yeah. You know, and especially since they, they've said that it's going to be, they're dedicated the next 10 years to it. It's only going to, like what they just, they just laid the gl- groundwork. Yeah. And they've given people a toolbox to go around and have fun with their friends with and it's clearly paying off. How excited is, how exciting is that for them to like know that they have so many other things in store for that game, but even just the initial release was groundbreaking. Yeah, I'm people. sure they've got to be just so humbled and happy about how what a success it's been and just looking at the ways that players end up organically playing it and the things they do in there. And they, you know, Bungie has always been super good at fostering a really strong community around their games. Yeah. Their websites, the forums um, around each game are always super lively. Mm-hmm. Bungie will come on and write a post every week telling them what they're doing in the game, what they're working on. They're nice. always listening and taking feedback. And they're mm-hmm. doing the same thing now where they're, they're patching things. <clears throat> they're telling you why they're doing it, what they're doing next. And it's that just sort of love and care. Like interactive. And, yeah, it's yeah. not so much that like, okay, we're a company, we made this game, you buy it and we leave, you know. Like and we want to make it as well for you, you know, as good good for you as possible as well. That's yeah. awesome. So, yep. So anyway. Cool. Moving along. Well, bring it over to me. So I kind of just want to go over some of the main highlights of Elon Musk's new Tesla P85D. Yeah, because last episode, he hadn't announced it yet. Yes. So let's see the fruits of that announcement. Okay, so I watched the uh, unveiling or whatever the, the show was, and it was pretty impressive. Um, one of the, like, basically the the first big thing to address. It looks so sick. It lo- Yeah, we have a little picture of it pulled up right now. It's pretty. Um, one of the biggest things to highlight is that when it says P85, there was already a P85 model. Uh-huh. And now this is the P85D. The okay. D stands for dual motor. Okay. There is a motor that is attached to the front axle of the car and a motor that is attached to the back, back axle of the car. Interesting. So what happens whenever they put this in is the motors are actually digitally... Um, running like in like, sync yeah the way that he was trying to make it out is like there's there's pretty much just like a mechanical shaft that makes most motors run right now but they're doing it a, a digital in a digital way to where it's like way faster like as far as the mechanical performance that they can you know boost it with it's not the difference between like your foot going down and gas it's the difference between like electricity running and telling that yes thing. Yeah. yes exactly and so they basically made it out when they have these two different motors um there will be different like um efficiency ratios that each of them will have um and so what they'll do is they'll kind of counter or play off of each other. And if one has the ability to be able to produce more efficiency by using that motor more so than the other motor, they'll switch off. And so (laughs) they basically are becoming way more efficient by using those two motors. Also, this uh, new model is all wheel drive. Cool. With those two motors. So there's like a lot more just like ground control Mm -hmm. and the center of gravity for the car is pretty low to the ground. So having that all wheel drive just makes you feel like you're just like glued to the road. Yep. Um, The uh, another thing to think about is the fact that we last last. Um, yeah, what's this automated driving? Last last podcast, I addressed the fact that a lot of the Internet guesses were that the car would be autonomous and. To clarify, there's a difference between an autonomous car 
and a car that can use autopilot. Mm-hmm. Autopilot is essentially the user enabling a program that allows the car to drive itself without you know you without you you know physically doing all of the different moves. But you can't just like fall asleep and wake up where you're going. You know, like you have to still tell it like if you want to change lanes, like I want to change lanes. And uh, is this you wanna, what it's doing, or this is what you're saying it's not doing? This is what you're. This is what I'm saying it is doing. So like. The the P eighty five D so it has autopilot. Yes, it has autopilot. So they so they had this little like driver's course that they let whenever they did the unveiling, they let like the people that went to the show drive in the Tesla D. And so the driver's course was essentially just them starting from from scratch, going down this long speedway, which showed how fast it could go. Which by the way, it went from zero to sixty in three point two seconds. That's nasty. And you know, completely electric, which That's is nasty. so it was like silent and just like it looked like a roller coaster. They were just like, yeah. you're like, oh my god. <laughs> and then so they stopped, and then the, uh, the like the people that were driving the Teslas from Tesla Company were like, all right, so my hands off the car. We are in autopilot now, and they like got into this street that's like this curvy street with like different um, road markers. It would like at one point in the course would be 30 miles an hour, one course would be 20 miles an hour, and it would like respond accordingly to those things. And um, wait, so it can like read? Yes, there is a four sensor system that it uses. <laughs> what? So listen to this. So there's um, there's like this sensor that basically reads all of like the cars in its direct vision, uh-huh. right in front of it, and to like so, uh, yeah. So it, it can kind of see those things and and react to things that are happening right in front of it. Then there's another uh, sort of like camera. Uh, field of vision that it has that actually reads signs for roads so speed limits um like warnings or yield signs or anything that it'll kind of be able absurdity. to read that stuff. then there's like a 16 foot radius um bubble reader that's around it so anytime that something's coming like you know a projectile coming from the outside or something or if something's coming into that zone it'll pick up on it and like try and reduce the impact velocity in any way it can you know like that's its design is to just like if anything's coming in just design it to try and you you can't stop the impossible right like if somebody throws an apple at you when you're it's not just gonna like avoid the apple but it'll it'll be designed to react to the apple coming and lessen the impact velocity as much as possible so that you know you're safer yeah. for it and then they have gps okay. so they have all these different things working in unison that allow this thing to be able to kind of propel itself forward and we're still not at the point where you can just be like i want to go here and then it wakes up and you yeah, know yeah so like with this autopilot are they one, is this even legal? And two, are they basically saying that if you're on the highway, you can go and just take your hands off the wheel and let this thing go? Yes. But that kind of scares me because that might like prod people into falling asleep by accident and stuff. You right. Know? But the technology is definitely incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the first step into a, you know, a different landscape of what cars can do. Mm-hmm. But do you, does that kind of freak you out a little bit? It does. Uh, I actually watched a, a little interview with this lady who admittedly was not good at interviewing, but she was asking him about the liability uh, of, of Tesla and, and say, you know, somebody's under, somebody's using this autopilot and it wrecks them into another car or something like, are you going to be responsible for that? Uh, you know, are you going to have a lot of uh, lawsuits coming after you for stuff like that? I think he should be. And Elon Musk kind of like, he kind of blew it off. Like he didn't think it was going to happen very often. 
and I, I thought that was kind of not right. I, I feel like it was a valid question. Yeah. But he basically was trying to instill the fact that it is ultimately still the driver's fault, or it is ultimately still the driver's responsibility to just the way that a, you know a pilot for a plane when he uses autopilot it's not like you can just like you say you yeah. know whatever happens to the plane happens you know right. and i'll just blame it on whoever like the the pilot is still the pilot and he's still responsible for what happens so like if there is a given moment where you need to get out of autopilot and like do something then it's still your responsibility and i'm sure you can override it simply by just giving it any input whatsoever right yeah you just turn off the autopilot and go keep going and maybe our apprehension is just the fact that like we don't really know how this works i've seen it in action so our only our, our guesses are into right this where we're dividing it in between having it drive our asses around mm-hmm. or us driving it it's going to be something in between i'm sure yeah. and I honestly can't think of an example where I would, where you would be using it to the point where it's not okay. I don't want to drive, so autopilot. But at the same time, putting an autopilot to maybe like get your wallet out. Like I don't know, but let me think about it. Let, like let me show you this, right? Like so, whenever I drive from school, I hit this certain road called Duval, and then whenever I hit Duval, it's a straightaway for like three miles until I hit where I need to go and park for school. That would be a, a spot where I might use the autopilot. But right? stoplights. Huh? But stoplights. It reads the stoplights, bro. It knows? Yes. <laughs> I just told you there's four systems. That's insane. Yes. Uh, well, I, so, do, yeah. we, do we know when it's going to be coming into production? I don't know when it's going to be officially released. I do know the price point. It's $122,000 at, the, at the moment. Which is, yeah, it's actually really surprisingly affordable for something that has so much new innovation going into it. Um, but it's about 270 to 280 miles per charge, which is clutch. Mm. And they're going all wheel drive, which is the all wheel drive with the dual motors is actually helping them increase that range a little bit because of the efficiency that between the motors and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are kind of the main things that he was bringing to the table. Uh, they said that there was actually some stuff about the brakes and like these electromagnetic yeah. brakes that they have going I'm, on. Yeah, I'm sure everything in there is like got yeah. some sort of spin on it. It, it was kind of it was kind of like the same presentation as what Apple did with the with the six, you know, yeah. where they were like everything everything's we, better, everything we improved. So well, cool. I'm. I mean, we're gonna keep following it because we've invested quite a bit of show time throughout just the course of our own witty banner lifespan to yeah. Tesla stuff, and oh, yeah. it's always interesting to watch it. And I'm <laughs> sure everybody else is equally as excited to just see what this thing's gonna be like in the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, cool. Well, let's go ahead and take a halftime and come back and let the listeners know what we're thinking about this beer. All right, let's do it. Cool. This is Witty Banter. Don't forget to follow us at Witty Banter Show on Twitter and shoot an email over to wittybantershow at gmail.com. All right, guys. Well, we're back. We've had some time to really mull over our beers over here. We did. Uh, how, how are you feeling about it? It's a com- it's a complex beer. Yeah, I I, I I have no problem saying that. I think that it is, it's a beer for the uh, the higher of tastes. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you you can't go into this beer lightheartedly. Um, now it describes itself as half stout, half pumpkin ale. Now I got to be honest, I'm getting more of the stout than I am the pumpkin. I agree. But uh, that being said, it's still a, it's still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it it it's its biggest gripe that I have is its aftertaste. Um it, it that dried fruit aroma 
is also lingering when I'm done tasting it, and it gives me this sort of like raisiny feel, and right. I hate raisins. <clears throat> okay. That besides that though, um, the smell is really good. It smells like pumpkin mm-hmm. and dried fruit, and then the taste is like a chocolatey pump, like spicy gingerbread with a little bit of coffee. Yeah. And it's a super smooth beer because of the alcohol percentage. Right. Um, and it's definitely enjoyable. And it, what's really cool is it like actually warms my throat. Yeah. It, it is still doing that. Yeah. And so I can totally see, this is not a beer that I, I don't think you would sit around and drink. I think this is a, like a one time beer that you sit by a fire and sort of like have. Right. Like yeah. It's like a, it's like a, uh, relax a specialty beer. Yeah. Of. And, and, and that's what I was going to kind of point out is like, I feel like I don't really have beers like this a lot. So it's hard for me to like, really approach it with an unbiased view but there's so much going on with it i mean it's it's a porter so it has a little bit of like coffee and so when i when i it's is it a porter stout it's a stout it's a stout so i i get like this little bit of coffee and with most stouts i have it's usually like a little bit thicker you know but this is like it's almost like a black lager in that it's light it's it's like a lighter it's not it's a little smoother for me i'm not getting that for me it's a little smoother it's not as thick as i was expecting it to be for a stout so there's like those kind of like, you know, confusions that I'm having with it on top of the fact that it's not as pumpkiny as I thought it would be. Plus there's other things that are mixed in there as far as the spices go that I'm not really sure that I like I know what is go- like what that is and it has such a high alcoholic content that it's like sweet and has a lot of body. So there is a lot of stuff going on with this mm-hmm. beer and um I'm trying to give everything its due diligence and like give it its respect. You love that word, man. Yeah. Well, it's a as, great phrase. As a as an accountant, that's like whenever you go. Is that jargon? When you go and like buy a company, right? Uh-huh. There's like making a rash decision and just buying a company, but then there's also doing due diligence where you're like going through every single thing in that company. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot to be said about this. I'm still trying to get my head around it. So. This, this, you know, the time between when we give it our number and now, it's going to be a pretty telling period for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and bust into our segment. I would love it. We're going to go ahead and do another top three. My number three is definitely Goku's hair. I think my number two has got to be Hyper Beam. My number one is without a doubt Witty Witty Banter. Top three. So, Hunter, I want to know, what are your top three breakfast cereals? Breakfast cereals. Okay, that's a little easier. What? It's a little easier than like the top threes that we've had of late, like favorite Guitar Hero songs. Bro, you're telling me that you only ate like three breakfast cereals I'm as a kid? I'm saying I didn't really have that many. Dude, it was like, what? Did I you have a you, childhood? I will give you maybe like a, a range of six or seven cereals that I had when that's I was That's a lot of cereal. Up. Yeah, but out of, yeah, but you only have to pick three out of seven. That's like half. I guess, but dude, okay, well, fine. I'm just I saying mean, it's easier, Chase. Do you have a working order already? Uh, no. I mean, you're the one that brought the top three, so do you have a working order? Well, like, I think about it this way, you know. I'm trying to think of what I ate the most as a kid. But the thing is, is sometimes I would be stuck on one thing for a while and get a mm-hmm. new cereal, and it was just a revelation. Yes. I loved Cookie Crisp. I loved uh, Reese's Puffs. I loved Fruit Loops. So you liked all the shit that was bad for you? Oh, <laughs> All breakfast cereal, dude. Oh, yeah. I liked Tricks a whole lot. I grew up on Fruity Pebbles, but I wasn't a big Fruity Pebbles fan later. Frosted like, I've Cheerios. I've had none of those. Frosted Cheerios Frosted were great. Frosted Cheerios was big on me. Lucky Charms. Holy shit. I could give you my three right now. Dude, lay it on me. I don't know what it is. This is for... You're so sure. This blows my mind. I Sorry, this dude. Gonna... I mean, I didn't have that many... Like, I, 
I found the cereals that I like and I stuck to them, bro. <laughs> you got, you just, I mean, I'm not going like Pops kid. or Apple Jacks or any of that stuff. Like, I'm going to give you number three right Pops. now. You know what, uh, real quick, you know what I thought was one of the most underrated cereals, though? Give it to was me. Was Kix. Kix was, what is that? Kix were these little puffed balls and they were like kind of, like they, they weren't corn puff, were they? No, they're that's pops. Their marketing was like a little, yeah, and they weren't like the puffs from Captain Crunch. <laughs> their marketing was a little like, oh, like uh, adults can eat it too because it's kind of healthy, but kids like it as well. And so it didn't have like a lot of the sugary flavor, but God, Kix was good. Anyway, I'm sure it was, but it's not in my top three. So for my top three, number three is Frosted Cheerios. Frost, okay, that's I a, grew up. Yeah, like whenever my mom changed to Honey Nut Cheerios, I was like, Mom, this is horrible. Come, you come downstairs, you look in the closet, like, what, what the hell is this? <laughs> Uh, mom, you, you really messed up because you, I don't see frosting on my Cheerios. You better take a Twinkie and like spread it over that or something. This is ridiculous. So yeah, three, I, I actually ate frosted Cheerios like a lot growing up. And so I, I might've eaten it more than any other thing. Cause my mom was kind of like, well, you know, it's like Cheerios, which kind of thinks it's healthy, but then it's frosted. So he'll like it. So I think it was kind of like a good middle ground for my mom. Uh, number two, Cocoa Puffs. Nice. I didn't like Cocoa Puffs. Puff! Okay, well, chocolate milk is like one of my favorite things in the world, and Ch- <laughs> Cocoa Puffs makes chocolate milk for you See, while you're eating it. That's the thing. Little Chase, not a big <laughs> fan of, not a, when I was a tot, not a big fan of chocolate. Oh my God. Didn't like chocolate here, milk dude. too much, but here's the How unsophisticated of you. Here was the crux. Those Cocoa Puffs got so soggy so quick, man. Those were soggy balls every time. Loved it. Love the soggy. You love soggy balls. Oh yeah, I don't. I, lo- I love soggy puffs. Okay, let's not let's not Dude, be the second gutter my, chase here. The second my cereal gets soggy, I tap out. I can't do it. It's really, gross. you're all about like eating it when it's still crunchy. You got to get that crunch. I mean, like one of my favorite things to do when I get a cereal is like take the spoon and just put it all under the milk so it gets nice and like. Well, I mean, I like to milk it up for yeah, sure. But then the milk makes it soggy and then it's good. Yeah, you know? well, that's just the mark of a shitty sure cereal. All right, well, whatever. whatever. So but. we got frosted Cheerios. Three cocoa puffs. Two mm-hmm. number one. Don't give me a Lagrange here. Give me your, give me your. No, this one. one's legit. <laughs> okay. I mean this one. <laughs> Cinnamon toast crunch. All right. Cinnamon toast crunch, man. I can get down CTC. with that. I didn't even think about CTC. How did you not think about CTC? Because the realm of cereals is so much bigger than you're going with, dude. CTC though. I it's, know. It's cinnamon know. and toasty and crunchy, bro. It's the taste you can see. I got it. <laughs> Trust me, man. I'm right there with you. It's, it was like it was like one of those things where like when my mom made that for me in the morning, I had a good day. <laughs> made that you for know? you? Well, yeah. <laughs> I would wake up and come downstairs, and it was on the table. It, that's awesome. I've never had that happen. What? That's kind of cool. Like <laughs> now, I'm just picturing like a milk glass. Oh you yeah. Know? Spoon, cereal bowl. You just walk in, <laughs> pour the milk, and you're and you're on your day. Like a like a milkman glass milk. Exactly. Yeah. yeah of course. Exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. All right. Well, your top three is, is done, and like. Granted, it blows my mind that your scope of cereal is so much smaller <laughs> than mine, and that we already what are have you eating Pickles Deluxe. Or I mean, <laughs> like, well, I don't Can understand you imagine how the, that many. The marketing for Pickles Deluxe—how <laughs> ridiculous that would sound! Turns your milk into pickle juice, <laughs> vinegary and tasty. Okay, so number three, and like, I already feel like I'm going to be stepping on some cereals' toes here by like not including them. Oh is, no, it's, it's, dude, it's a tough decision. Don't give me that, Hunter. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Oh, no. Number three, I'm going to go with Cookie Crisp. Okay. So you like cookies. I love (laughs) cookies. Are you kidding me? Chocolate chip cookies was like... It's like not even fair. How does that even count as a cereal? 
uh, because you bought it in a box. It's literally just cookies and milk. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you for justifying. But, see, but that seems like it's like a cheat, you know? Dude. Like if my if my favorite if my favorite cereal was brownies mix, you know, and you put <laughs> brownies in some. I, or some milk? How does that count as cereal? Uh, because you put it in a bowl and you put milk on it. All right. Cereal. Well, I, no, it, it is definitely cereal, and I'll acknowledge that. I'm just saying, I think you're essentially saying that you like cookies. Yeah, <laughs> and if and if you've known me since about the age of ten, you knew that I could not keep my hand on the cookie jar. Okay. Anytime you came over to Nana's maybe house, not, maybe not chocolate cookie jars. Whatever. You, you know, you're <laughs> damn right, Hunter. Snickerdoodle. Right. All right. What do you got for number two, man? My number two. Is gonna be Reese's Puffs. Okay, I actually have never had the cereal for Reese's. Oh, Puffs. dude, you have to. I bet it's dank. As a proud proponent of Reese's being the greatest candy bar of all time, mm. proclaim, preach. When Reese's, I was around when Reese's Puffs first came onto market, and I was just like, "Holy!" You're like, "So my life is made." I was done. <laughs> Future and all the the Mars like, Reese's Puffs, Reese's Puffs, yeah, like, it was so <laughs> awesome. It was hip and trendy. Turned your milk into Reese's Puffs milk, way better than cocoa milk. <laughs> oh my bro. god! Don't even freaking get me started. Number one, the greatest breakfast cereal of all time. Drum roll, please. Brrr, Lucky Charms, dude. Oh, really? Lucky Charms. The marshmallows got oh, you that holy hard. Holy hell, the marshmallows, dude. I was one of those kids where like, I'd be eating. And, like, here's the other thing, though. The little like non-marshmallow stuff. You hated it, didn't you? No, it was decent, but here's the thing. There was a shape in those things, whatever they're called. What that was it? Lo- what? What, was, what the shape? was the shape? Yeah. It looked like one of these stones that you got in Zelda. Oh, and at the time—is that seriously the reason why you're picking Lucky Charms? It's a bit. It's a part of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that it just doesn't boil down to frosting hey, my everybody, Cheerios. You just met Chase. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're damn right, you did. It's amazing. You got the marshmallows. You got the Zelda reference. There's like an ocarina in it. Seriously, what more do you want? So, what was your favorite marshmallow of the Lucky Charms? Oh, the horseshoe. I liked the purple. Not clovers know. and balloons. Nah, I like the balloons. Actually, the balloons were <laughs> Did great. Did they actually have like st- distinctly different tastes? No. Okay. No, no. <laughs> it was straight up just like psychological preference. It was more like, <laughs> I want the balloon because it's the biggest piece of marshmallow. <laughs> yeah. So. But I, I mean, uh, that's, that's great that you picked that. I'm surprised that you picked that because most people always have that drawback about like the marshmallows are so good. But the other stuff isn't doesn't really stand out, you know. Yeah, and I'm a rational human being, and I know I can't get what I want when I <laughs> want it all the time. Can't have my cake and eat it too. Sometimes you got to work <laughs> through the non nutritive little things to get to the goodness. If you want to get the the marshmallows, sometimes you got to eat the grains. Yeah, it stuff. taught me how to eat in a lot of ways. I would just get that stuff out of the way, and it was just marshmallow <laughs> soup. It was great. Okay, well, nice man. That was a good top three. Good top three. Good. Bing. High beep fives beep all around. Beep. Now, let's go ahead and peep in to the mailbox. I'm pretty sure that our mailbag is just plush it's right now. Busting. It's okay. loving it right now. We're going to head to Nick's mail corner and give it a look. It's Nick's mail corner. Guess what? We got two emails. Two? Two whole emails. We don't have zero emails. Exactly. People. How surprising. Listened. Email number one. Boop. 
comes from my friend Chad Harlow. Now, I met Chad when I was waiting tables at Hubble and Hudson. Yeah, dude, he's been an awesome proponent of us lately. Yeah, because I've been Chad's loving a Chad Harlow, bro. Chad, I don't even know who he is. Thanks, Chad. Oh, he's super cool. He's like, he loves like science and mm-hmm. stuff, and his wife was super cool. His and wife, Andra, Andra yeah. has also been a huge proponent of the show exactly. so far. So, boom. Well, Chad's the shit, mostly because he emailed the show um, at wittybantershow at gmail.com, yes, just like you can. Mm-hmm. And his question is, he says, what's up, guys? Chad Harlow here. I love the show, and I've been listening for a while now. <laughs> just wanted to ask a few questions. Now, we got to remember him. He's got two coming at us, right? Okay, okay. Do you think there's extraterrestrial life out there? And if so, have they been to Earth? And then two, do you think fusion is ever going to be possible and he's saying as like fusion reactors. And do you see warp drive working? Thanks so much. Keep up the good work. Oh, and the Tesla P85D is so sick. What? Autopilot. <laughs> what? All right. That's so awesome that he like did the little PS shout out that was relevant to this episode. Oh, he knows, man. Um, so, great question. Thank you, Chad. Number one, extraterrestrial life. Is it out there? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So... Now, there's, there's like, actual theories written where they have tons of, like, evidence and... Not evidence, but, like, they're they're throwing a bunch of facts out, out at you. But, right. you, you know, just in my elementary mind, to me, it's like the universe is so ridiculously big. Mm-hmm. How could there possibly not be life out there? That And that's, that's kind of the same reasoning that I look at it. I mean, I, I've done a lot of, like, conceptualization, as, like, as far as my mind will let me press into, like, trying to understand how big the universe is and, like, mm-hmm. how small we are in, in the midst of it. And I think that people that don't believe that other sorts of life outside of human life or Earth life exist or just haven't really done a good job of conceptualizing the universe. They haven't really, like, really thought about, like, just how vast it is and how many um, similar conditions will be brought up that are similar to ours, right? There's like a lot of different things that make Earth the perfect place for life, but there's also a lot of different other solar systems that are like nearby and other galaxies that have similar setups. The thing with me though is that I don't even really care if a planet like for it's not about other Earths out there, I think there very well could be life that breathes in sodium. Their blood is made of titanium, mm-hmm. and they're they, not carbon-based. You know exactly, yeah. and they and they drink helium. You know, it's just like who knows what kind of conditions are out there that would have evolved a bacteria into such a way that created something unlike we've ever seen. Right, dude. We don't even know if we have discovered all the elements that exist in the universe yet. Right, much less things that could spawn from those elements. So. Um, for me personally, I believe that the universe one is so vast and that since, since life on earth, it's almost like since life on earth exists, I believe that life on earth, uh, life off of earth exists. That's a good point. So number two, um, have they ever been to earth? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think that, uh, I think that there is a possibility for life that is more intelligent than ours. Uh, they, if, first of all, if they got here, you bet your ass they're more intelligent. Right, right, right. Yeah, but I, I don't think that they have, and um, I don't well, think so, that, so I don't think that Earth has any sort of, of like relative importance for extraterrestrial beings. All so. of those like hundreds of videos that we see of inexplainable UFO sightings, those are all just crap. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now ghosts. It's been said, I guess the two, the two ways to look at an alien encounter is one, if they would come, 
it's because they have a reason to come, and it's because they need something. It's harvesting resources. You know, and it's probably going to be hostile. But there's also this thing called, like, the zoo theory. Where okay, lay it on me. We're very well, like, aliens could just be interested in us, and they actually don't, they're like... I think the the other theory is like the prime directive where they don't want to inf- interfere so with our like evo- learn from us and they don't want to interfere with our evolution so they just come and view us and leave. Now right. do you think that is something that's possible as well? Totally. I almost think that it would be not completely outside of the realm of possibility to have like galactic like community. Like if there was extraterrestrial uh civilizations and stuff that happen for them to contact each other and like have this sort of working knowledge about what was in their galaxy and almost like a community that's, you know, astrological. <laughs> so, so then he goes on to ask if we think like fusion reactors are going to be possible. And if we ever see warp drive working now, I just want to say that I think anything is possible with science. Right. I don't know the ins and outs of how fusion exactly works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think, and especially with voices like um, Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson out there yes. who are sort of, I, I don't think he's having an effect on the population now, but he's having an effect on like young minds who are going to grow up with yeah, which is clutch. a forward thinking attitude. Um, and even with just the exponentialness of technology, I think like 50 years from now, it's going to reach this critical mass where our technology is going to move so fast that we actually might see the realm of like interstellar space travel. Yes. The, the inklings of it, beginning yes um and i i really do think that with the way the physics is set out as rules i kind of have this this hunch that human beings in a way are going to be able to manipulate with physics in ways that they probably shouldn't have been able to do it and and we still will you know and there's a lot of way there's a lot of theories and ways out there of of getting around, you know, right. folding space on onto itself. That's what I was gonna say, yeah. Reducing your mass to zero. We don't really know. We're still studying black holes and like we just discovered that even with the Higgs boson, right? We Correct. We just discovered it. And I feel like a lot of discoveries when they happen, they may not like revolutionize the way things are now, mm. but maybe 30 years from now, we take what we learned about the Higgs boson and we're like, oh, this is how we apply it, and right. now we apply it. Mm-hmm. There's even those electronic, oh man, they're called like ion engines or something. Like ionized. It's something. these weird engines where like as it's this infinite feedback loop where as it gets faster and faster, it keeps, it propels more and more. Right. I don't know. I just think the ideas and stuff are all laid out in there, and I absolutely think it is all possible. So I actually read an article about nuclear fusion, and they're actually going to try somewhere in the world. I can't remember exactly where. I want to say it's in America. They're going to try the first attempt at like nuclear fusion, Good. which is like straight up future science stuff. Yeah, right? they're, it's it's the it's the power that that fuels the sun. Okay. So cool. So if we can harness that and if we can actually make something that doesn't blow up the world and if, <laughs> if we don't blow up ourselves, you know, in the process, um, I think that we'll have the ability to be able to reach much more vast uh, distances of space. As far as our ability to be able to <clears throat> warp space in front of us, I mean, if you think about space as a material, mm-hmm. you can kind of warp space in front of you and condense it to where you're traveling a lot longer distances over, you know, shorter spans. But, and then expanding it out after behind you, right? right? So you're just propelling yourself literally through like this, like a, think of it almost like as a zipper through mm-hmm. space. Um, but 
the amount of energy that it takes for some, it's almost unlimited. So yeah. unless we come up with like this energy source, like we, it, it's all about energy and whether or not we have enough energy to be able to propel us to do something like that. And I think that the, uh, the things that like a limitless amount of energy would be used on would be mostly for stuff on earth initially. And then we would develop it into stuff that we could use for inter- interstellar space travel. As far as the possibility, I don't know. I, I think that it's possible. Um, I, but as far as finding like some infinite source of energy, there's nothing really in the universe that's infinite yet. And so the idea of having like some sort of infinite, unending source of energy that could supply us with the ability to be able to do that, I'm not really sure that exists. Well, but, yes, that was a we're great hopeful. question. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Chad, for the question. And thanks um, for being a supporter. We appreciate you sending it in and keep doing it, man. So moving on, I, another person who has emailed the show before is Forrest Collada. Yes, dude. He's got a question for My us. My freaking producer, dude. Okay, we need to get him on the show. We really do. I, I would love to. By the way, Forrest, if you're listening, come on the show. Yeah, come bro. on the show, dude. Okay, so his question is, Walking Dead is back on, and we yes. may or may not be able to be, tune, be turned into zombies from Ebola. <laughs> But he wants Thank to know, you. let's hear your zombie outbreak survival strategy. Where, do you, where do you go? What do you take? What kind of weapons and vehicles do oh you use? Oh, my God, I'm excited. Also, what would be your guess on how to fix things to like defeat the virus and save the world? Uh, I wouldn't be focused at all on trying to save the world. I really wouldn't. It just wouldn't even be in your realm? It's just like... I'm not the kind of special agent that's going to do that kind of stuff unless I'm literally the last person on in, on earth and then at that point it's like I don't think I'm going to be able to save anything. Right. As far as this is it's like he's playing right into into my lap right now. The um, thing is is I feel like the outbreak would happen with just like sirens. And now, then a couple zombies are stringing along. You see the first zombie, what do you do? What is your plan of action? So we're going to I'm going to I'm going to put a little prompt here. We have to establish that these are Walking Dead zombies, okay? And Walking Dead zombies are slow, yep. and they're dumb, okay? So because we can survive against Walking Dead zombies, I can survive against Walking Dead zombies too. When you get to like I am Legend zombies, fast or, zombies, yeah, you're done. Fast, crazy zombies, not gonna happen. You don't beat something that doesn't get tired. Seriously, yeah. So um, uh, with Walking Dead zombies, there is that that chance. Um, I feel like height advantages are a huge thing for me as far as like being able to kind of like. Um, you know, separate yourself from the oncoming threat through a vertical advantage that the other person can't take advantage of because they're too stupid or something. Um, so I would probably try and get a weapon, right? My weapon would be either like a knife or like a baseball bat, or if I had a gun, I'd use a gun or something. Um, but I would have some sort of weapon uh, that I could use to try and get to an area, maybe like the UT Tower. Ooh, good one. Uh, or even just like a tall building. Like... You have to fight a lot of humans to get to the top of that tower, though, because everyone else is going to want that. Right. Well, hopefully the idea is that, that most of the humans will not be entering where I'm going because <laughs> there's so many zombies. But, uh, but yeah, I think I would try and just like, you know... Honestly, it would be a good idea is get this protein shake. <laughs> Just take one of those and have a, you know some protein shakes every once in a while to limit you off. Anything with like a synthetic, yeah, something that'll last you for a, yeah. Give some something that'll last you for a while. Um, I would want to be in an area where I could like readily go to other places that have resources available, um, and and kind of take advantage of those. But yeah, get a weapon, find some high ground, 
get some other people that are still alive that like I know they're gonna be down to kind of like work with me and am do, I on your team? Pro- oh, yeah, you're on my okay, team. Okay, good. I have a couple other people on my team. They will not be named right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Adam Shackleton's on my team. Okay, yeah, he's straight up in the yeah in the army right now or the navy. Yeah, yeah. That dude's I don't want to disrespect. But uh, yeah, so that would be kind of my plan. Get some high ground, find places where there are resources around, and you know, if they're walking dead zombies, I can take care of them. So my weapon of choice, like my melee weapon of choice, is a meat tenderizer. Okay. I just think there is so much brutal heft in that that, like, if I can get one slap on the head to a zombie with that thing, they're done. Okay. And then, of course, with just guns, it's just whatever I can find, right? Right, yeah, of course. For me, the zombies start happening, right? I see <laughs> I see it go down. I right. immediately am I'm like, all right, dude, here's the deal. We're doing this. Like, Hunter, get together now. I call my family. I see what they're doing. I'm probably going to try to hook up with them. I get what I, I grab everything off the shelves that I can and I leave, right? Mm-hmm. And I say, fuck it. I will be able to get whatever I need later, all okay. right? Okay. Now, like my my biggest end goal is going to try to be as isolated as possible and for me that's to like get to an island or something all right right before that i think i would hang out on trains i think yeah. i would go to it's a good idea i would go to um like just industrial freight trains yeah and because I guarantee you that every depot probably has like more coal to refuel them with. Mm-hmm. And I would be constantly on the move from depot to depot. And every time I would stop, I'd refuel, I'd get supplies, I'd keep going until I finally got to like a coast. And then once I got to the coast, I'm trying to find a boat. A boat. And, and I'm trying to get to an island. Out. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That being said, I get to the island and I have to worry about resource management. Yeah. But what I do is I grab a bunch of seeds and other stuff and I make like a little farm on this island and I become self sustaining. That would be my only hope. Granted, I'm sure that would all fall apart within like 20 minutes when I <laughs> ran into like a grocery store and there was like 19 zombies in front of me. Yeah. I don't know how Nothing well goes I, according to plan in a zombie apocalypse. Exactly. I don't know how well I would hold, hold up, but that would be my plan. That's a good plan. Uh, can I give my, my sword of, my, my weapon of choice is a samurai sword. Oh, nice. A little katana. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What was katana. the katana and Kill Bill? What were they called? What was the guy, his name? Uh, she had to go get... Ari Hanzo. Oh, uh, yeah. It's uh, Atari Hanzo. Something like that. Atari Hanzo. One of those blades. Yeah. There you go. For sure. All right, man. Well, that's been all the witty banter, so let's go ahead and put some numbers on these beers, and we'll get out of here. Okay. So, again, I'm still perplexed by this beer. I'm still trying to, like, I'm still trying to figure it out, which to a certain extent I like. I mean, I like that it's not just, like, being cheap for me. You know, It, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it still didn't bring to me. This is a great beer, but I don't think it's a good pumpkin beer. I I think that it's mislabeled as a pumpkin beer. It's got like a pumpkin flavor in there. I would love, yeah, I would love if they acknowledged that there was a pumpkin flavor, but don't call it a pumpkin beer. Yeah, and yeah. that's where I'm at. And and just like you said, it's incredibly complex. And I think this is the kind of beer that you need to sit down at a table with your friends, where you're all just like munching on stuff, and it's like a cool, night. easy feel. Nice. Exactly. This isn't going to be a beer that you're going to be drinking a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what's your number? I want you to go first. My number for this beer, given you know our, our relative numbers for other pumpkin beers, I'm going to give this beer a seven. Really? Yeah. That low, just because of the pumpkin thing? It's not that thing? that's that low. It's just that, like, I don't want to give it, like, a 7.5 or an 8 because I give those things to things that, like, jump out at me, and I'm like, I like this a lot. And, and it's not that I dislike this. It's just... It's so. I'm still trying Maybe to. Maybe too busy. Yeah, it's too busy. There's too much movement in the taste for me to be able to really 
feel like, oh yeah, like this is this or, you know, like this is what I'm taking from it. I'm almost like every sip, I'm just kind of like, I don't know what to think about this. Yeah. And so just that sort of like uncertainty and that complexity that goes with it and my, you know, crappy palate that can't, uh, can't process all of it. I'm going to give it a seven personally because it, it, it gave, it gave off such a, you know, kind of a hard vibe for me to overcome, you know? All right. Just to run through the flavor notes again, smells of pumpkin and dried fruit tastes a little bit like pumpkin. You've got some coffee in there and chocolate. Very smooth. The aftertaste to me is a little bit raisiny. It's the one thing I really don't like about it. High alcohol content. Very high alcohol content, but very complex. And I really like the complexity. Now, since we're going on a pumpkin scale, I'm going to give this an eight. Um, really? I don't want to go lower because I just think that this beer pulled off its complexity very well. It wasn't muddy. I'll it agree. It was yeah. an elegant complexity where I actually could discern each little note in there. Mm -hmm. But as far as the pumpkin realm, this wasn't what I was expecting or I don't think this is exactly should be. That played into my seven too. I mean, the fact that it wasn't as pumpkin-y as I thought it would yeah. be. Yeah, and I get that. But I, I want to bust it up a little bit just because of I do like the complexity and I think this is a elegant beer. Your palate's a little more refined than mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been trying to tell you the whole time. <laughs> no, I know. This whole episode. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and get out of here. Um before we do that, we got to go ahead and spew all of our plugs. Let's get that plug out of way. First of all, thanks again to Jody Rice at Witchcraft. Um, I'm stoked to go back there and just keep going through all those it's shelves. There's so much beer there. It was they, super dope. They've got like tastings and stuff every Friday. Next they're, week is beer week. Yeah, they're them. kicking off beer week by bringing like a Jester King Brewery guy in there for free tastings and stuff. It's going to be awesome. For sure. Um, okay, well, you can find the show at wittybantershow.com. We post there every, every time we have an episode. You can hit download iTunes is still being a nugget, and it's not working. But what? if you've already subscribed to iTunes, then this episode still should show up. If not, typically you can find us in the iTunes store by searching Witty Banter Show um, or just Witty Banter and hit subscribe. But we're still working on that. We have a Facebook. We're facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Go give us a like. We're really close to 100. We're yeah. on Twitter. We are at Witty Banter Show. Mm -hmm. We're also on YouTube. Just search Witty Banter um, episode whatever, and you'll see us video form coming at you with this podcast as well. Yes, sir. Um, we personally are on uh, Twitter as well. I am at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's all we got. So I'm Chase Williams for Hunter Dorset. We're out. Beep, beep, beep. Have a good weekend. Beep, 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 beep. Bit of a